Hello, everyone. Welcome to CSID's Firewall Chats podcast. I'm your host, Cody Gredler with CSID, and joining me is my co-host and colleague, Morgan Gravy. Hi, everyone. This podcast is brought to you by CSID. If you or someone you know has identity theft protection or has been a victim of a breach and received similar services, there's a good chance we helped power that product. CSID is a leading provider of global identity protection and fraud detection technologies for businesses, their employees, and consumers. For those of you that have listened in before, welcome back. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, thanks for joining us. We've got a great episode for you today. As a whole, we're hosting these podcasts as an effort to teach consumers and businesses more about the cybersecurity issues that are putting our identities at risk. Last episode, we explored biometrics with Olga Raskin of Novetta, who's presenting at South by Southwest this year. If you haven't heard of what South by Southwest is yet, each March, thousands of thought leaders flock to right here in Austin, Texas for a multi-day conference to share ideas and skills, discuss pressing trends, and network with other like-minded professionals. A key focus of South by Southwest are topics exploring privacy and security matters, so we feel right at home there. If you'd like to listen to that episode or any past podcast, you can download episodes on iTunes or visit our SoundCloud page at csid.com slash firewallchats. In this episode, we're diving into a conversation around what to do if you discover your business has been hacked. We're joined by Corey Elans, Senior Vice President of Vox Global, and Sterling L. Miller, Senior Counsel of law firm Hilgers Graben PLLC. Corey, Sterling, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks for having us. Good to be with you. Before we dive into today's conversation, we'd love to hear a little more about your backgrounds. Corey, can you start us off by telling us what you do for Vox? Sure, happy to. I head up the cybersecurity practice group for Vox Global, which is a public affairs and strategic communications firm based in Washington, D.C. And in our practice, we advise clients on developing comprehensive communication strategies with an emphasis on educating employees and outside vendors and other stakeholders about best practices when it comes to protecting their digital networks. We also work with organizations in crisis mode during data breaches to make sure they're managing the situation in a way that allows them to recover their operations quickly while also keeping their reputation intact, something that a lot of organizations don't think about ahead of time. And Sterling, can you share with us what area of law you practice at Hilgers Graben? Sure. I came to Hilgers Graben after 20 years of practicing in-house the last 10 years as general counsel for Travelocity and Saber Corporation. And now I focus on litigation, data privacy, and general corporate compliance issues. We understand you both have a South by Southwest session coming up called You've Been Hacked, Now What? What gave you the idea to partner together for this session? Well, when we're dealing with data incidents, there's generally a core team of folks who are managing the situation. And they come from the tech side, the legal side, and the communication side. Most companies have a good grasp on what they're dealing with from a technical side, but they haven't really given a lot of thought to the legal or the communication side. And so Sterling and I thought it would be good for us to come together, considering his specialty and mine, to uh, educate people about the need on this side of the house and to walk them through the process. And then when we heard that South by Southwest Interactive was looking for panelists, we thought, you know, what would be really interesting, and we came up with this idea of a demonstration of what happens during a data breach, and uh, we put that to a vote, which is how they, the panels get selected, and I guess it was popular enough to get us in, so uh, it was the right call. Your demonstration sounds like it'll include a live simulation of a cyber attack and incident response. Can you walk us through what those first few days or weeks look like for a company once it is discovered that it's been breached? You know, uh, you know, what I think is you really need to look at it in terms of hours, 
versus days and weeks because the most critical decisions that you're going to make are going to happen right in the immediate aftermath of the breach, and it's going to be very chaotic. There's going to be lots of information coming in. There's going to be lots of information missing. But the key thing is to understand as quickly as possible what happened, how it happened, and have you stopped it. Those are really the keys, in my opinion. Generally, the reason it's chaos is because most companies don't have a communications response plan or even a legal response plan on the shelf. So they're literally building the bike and riding it at the same time, trying to identify who are the right people who need to be in the room, who should we be calling outside of our organization, are we concerned about media if and when they call us. And so because of that, there's a lot of hand-wringing and not knowing what to do. So it can be very, very stressful if you don't already have a plan on the shelf. And that's something that we, we definitely encourage uh, all of our clients and others who we counsel to do. How important is it for businesses to take action in those early hours when considering the impact of a breach? Oh, it's absolutely critical. Uh, once the breach is discovered, that's when the process begins to identify who the source of the breach is, uh, what their intent is, and all of the forensics that are associated with that. So identifying that as soon as possible is critically important. You also need to be focused on what are the legal implications associated with this based on laws in my state, federal laws, federal regulations that we need to deal with, as well as individual contracts with clients. And then on the other side, it is about communications as well. What do we do if this information leaks before we're ready? How do we begin to communicate with our employees internally, with our clients externally, with the media more broadly? These are all things that have to be considered when you're thinking about those early hours right after you discover a breach in your organization. And we know breaches can really be quite devastating. Just last year, data breaches cost U.S. businesses an average of $6.5 million per incident. Do you see this number increasing for 2016? From my view, what you're seeing is the bad guys are figuring out new ways to access huge amounts of data. And the cost of the breach is, in large part, proportional to the amount of the data taken. So in order to deal with the breach, you're going to have a lot of costs that are associated with the nuts and bolts, right? Fixing the systems, putting more controls in place, retraining employees, lawsuits are always out there. Plus, what you're seeing is more and more states here in the U.S. getting into policing of data breaches. And each state has a little bit different twist on how it expects you to react to a breach. So that drives a lot of costs. And then, of course, if you have any customers or anyone outside the U.S., now you have to deal with the international regulators, and there's a whole other layer of costs there. So, unfortunately, I think it's not going to go down, and it's probably going to go up. And I would take it a different way. It's not so much the size of the cost per breach, but the impact that individual breaches are having on smaller avenues. So, we know that last year and year before last, we heard about the big breaches at Sony and other organizations where they were really going for huge data sets. But now we know that the hackers are really focused on small data sets. So what we're hearing from now, small businesses in particular, are now targets. Even though it's a smaller cache of data, it's data that they can more easily access because the security in those facilities are generally not up to what they should be. And also think about this. If a small business gets hit, it's not necessarily a multi-million dollar issue. It could be twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars, but that could be enough to put them out of business. So it's not so much the size of the large breaches that we know about, but because of the changing tactics of 
the hackers, the smaller organizations are now under stress as well. When it comes to breaches, do you find it is the level of sophistication of these cyber criminals or are we making the same mistakes on a more basic level, like not educating our employees on cybersecurity best practices? Like many things, it's, it's a combination. It's a mix. Uh, first, the cyber criminals, you know, they're getting more sophisticated and they're focusing on data that has more value. For example, what you're seeing now is really attacks on health data. And the reason for that isn't because they want to know how healthy you are. It's, it's because there's so much personal information in their date of birth, parents' names, social security numbers, that they can then use that data to uh, engage in fraud. So it makes it more valuable. And you know, on the employee side, people are still using passwords like password or one two three four five six, and they will open up strange emails. They'll click on links. They'll put no real thought into, do I know this person? Is this something that's going to have a virus? And a really devious thing that I've seen is the bad guys will leave flash drives on the desk or on the floor on a counter, and someone will pick it up, and inevitably they will put it into their machine, and then, bam, the virus is in, and you help them do it. And there are more of them. It's not just regular people who are doing this in the basement in T-shirts anymore. It's nation states that we have to be concerned about. It's criminals all over the world that we have to be concerned about. So they're getting more sophisticated. And again, as we talked about before, they're going after smaller targets that are easier to penetrate. That's where the vulnerabilities come in. Not only do we have to do a better job of educating our employees and other stakeholders who have access to our data networks, but we also have to be sure that at the end of the day, we're patching up the holes that are prevalent in the main foundations of data protection that that are important to us. But unfortunately, the bad guys are still two steps ahead of us, and it seems to be a real challenge. So, Sterling, what are some of the legal concerns that will likely come up for businesses that have suffered a breach? Well, uh, there's a lot of legal concerns, but I think there are three things. And the first is, and most importantly, have you stopped the breach? If you haven't stopped the breach, then your legal exposure is just growing. Second, and this isn't just to tell lawyers, but do you have legal counsel involved in the breach response? And one example is there are a number of ways you can increase your legal problems by writing, I'll just call them bad documents. We've all seen them in the news, bad emails or silly things, and you're scratching your head going, who could write that? Well, if you have legal counsel involved, they're probably going to be helping you look at those documents, make sure that they're accurate, that they're balanced, that they're fair, and help you prevent a lot of problems there. And then lastly, what are your legal obligations that you have to notify consumers about the breach? And that's going to depend on the facts. It's going to depend on the different states involved. It's going to depend on a lot of different things. And it's pretty complicated, but you have to get it right. How can businesses stay one step ahead to limit their risk? And as you call them in your session description, shockwaves from cyber attacks. The number one way they can do that is to have a plan in place on the shelf ready to go in the case of a data incident or a data breach. And they need to consider all of the, the three pillars that we talked about before, the technical side, the legal side, as well as the communication side. It's also good to have outside experts who you trust to come in and help you solve that situation. So that would certainly be folks like me and Sterling, but also folks like CSID who have technical expertise in this area and can help to conduct the level of forensics necessary to identify the problem and to begin working towards a resolution. So having all those things in place ahead of time, the best thing you can do to alleviate any concerns with your operations of your company and just as importantly, the reputation of your company. What about you, Sterling? What do you think? 
three things that uh, jump to mind here. Uh, first, have a plan in place to deal with the breach before the breach occurs, and you need to practice it, and you need to keep it updated. Second, use encryption as much as possible. If the data is encrypted, then it's generally impervious to these attacks, and you don't have a lot of the obligations that you have if it's not encrypted. And then lastly, train your employees about good data protection practices. That's really, really important. Thanks so much for being with us today, guys. Anything else our listeners should know before we part? Well, just to, from the communication side, just to know that it's absolutely critical that you have appreciation for what your communication strategy is going to be when it comes to dealing with your data network. Everybody is very aware of the technical side and maybe a little bit aware of the legal side, but the communication side is so dramatically important before a crisis hits and certainly in the midst of a crisis. So I just want to reiterate that because you can't say it enough. Sterling, any additional thoughts? Well, thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun, and I think this is going to be a really fun presentation for the folks attending. We're going to have members of the audience participate on stage. We're going to have real-time interactive polling. We're going to try to make it feel really like those first few hours in a data breach war room, and we're going to have a lot of useful checklists and materials for the attendees. So 5 p.m. Saturday, March 12th, don't miss it. It's going to be good. We'll be there. Great. Look forward to it. Thanks again so much for your time, guys. This was a really great discussion. And listeners, if you're headed to South by Southwest this year, be sure to check out Corey and Sterling's session the first weekend of the conference. And be sure to catch CSID's own Chief Innovation Officer, Adam Tyler, at South by Southwest this year as well. Adam will be discussing the exploration of digital identities in modern underground currencies. In our next episode, we'll be discussing income tax fraud in an episode titled Death, Fraud, and Taxes. You don't want to miss it. If you like what you heard or have ideas we should explore next season, let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or share your thoughts on our social channels at Firewall Chats on Twitter and Firewall Chats on Facebook. You can also visit CSID.com for more great content, tips, and advice. Have a great day, everyone.